Speak the Language podcast, episode number, I'm really not sure. January day, I'm really not certain. It's the 19th. January the 19th. Tuesday. 2021. Koji Bluff. We're at the we're at the end of the tunnel. We're getting there. And see the light. And see the light. Well, so we're sitting in the kudzu camp. Um, we didn't hunt this morning. It would be straight up honest. We didn't hunt this morning because it rained, but I don't think anyone was too upset. Yeah, when I walked up here <laughs> to get a cup of coffee, I asked y'all, did it rain last night or I dreamed that? And he's like, no, it's raining right now. And I started listening and the tin roof was yeah. puddling up up there, pecking. Yeah. And uh, everybody, nobody even discussed it. We're like, yeah, we can't even kill a deer in good weather, so. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a challenge. Our buddy uh, Tommy Nails from Whiskey Ridge is hanging out with us. He's sitting silently on the couch watching this podcast go down. You know, there's not too many people get that get to watch these podcasts live, Tommy. You got <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so Tommy so, came down expecting the, you know, I would have been the same way too, like, if you told me, like, come hang out or whatever this camp these boys have got, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, oh, that'd be great, <laughs> and little do you know, <laughs> it's like, we can't kill a deer. It's been a struggle. Plus, you came in, which, Tommy's an outfitter, and I realize I'm, ta- I'm talking, like, to him, and he doesn't have, I mean... But I'm assuming the outfitter gig, he's he's probably he can probably relate to us on a different on a more similar yeah. level when we say at this point in the season. It's like my dad, like Tommy understands it. Like he understands the whole hunting process, all of it. Like my dad, you tell him to come up here, like you wanna come up here and hang out, maybe yeah. you know, go doe hunting or something. Yeah. Like, he's like, Yeah, man. Y'all got big bucks around every tree, man. Y'all got y'all got them everywhere, man. Y'all got them everywhere. This y'all's camp. Yeah, I know y'all got big bucks everywhere. Yeah. No. <laughs> We've talked about your dad on this podcast before, but I don't think so yeah, it's Jordan's dad is uh quite the character. And yeah, he's like, Man, y'all got y'all got them big bucks, big bucks, man. Y'all ain't y'all ain't even gotta try very hard, man. I know y'all got them. Primo's camp. Y'all got big bucks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> No, not hardly. No, man. This uh, this has been a challenging year, that's for sure. I'm trying to like, cause uh, what's the best way to articulate what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm being as January the nineteenth. We have what, like this week and next week, and then that's it, right? Yeah, we got. Yep, we'll be finished. Uh, I think next Sunday's the last the, day. The only thing that could change that is if we do what we did last year and. Brad wants to go hunt with Sean. That carries into February some, but I think think we'll probably hang it up. <laughs> yeah, everybody's at the end of their patience as far as going deer hunting and not ever seeing much. Just it can be aggravating. Just yeah. being real about it, it's just very depressing when you go every day, every day, and you really don't have a choice whether you got to go or not. You know, no. uh, I sometimes envy the 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 regular guy that can choose and pick when he can go just being real about it no yeah i understand that you know, people it, listen to us talk about that like shut up y'all are spoiled whatever <laughs> and i mean you do anything every day you get tired of it eventually yeah. and that's what someone someone asked that they're like how do you keep from getting burnt out i'm like i don't i am <laughs> yeah we're burnt out we just and go to cracking on each other more so than normal yeah but get it, through it but it's you know it 
it's kind of one of those things, just like what you just said, if you do anything day in and day out for like four months straight, you're going to get to a point where, like, all right, I kind of want to do something else for a little bit. And, like, it's not it's not deer hunting I'm tired of. I'm just tired of going. Yeah. You know, you get tired, physically tired. We talk about this every year. Yeah. You're just wore out. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, it's not like any other job because it's seasonal, but you do get tired. Come, like, February will hit, deer season will be over. We'll have about a week and a half, two weeks of not having really anything not having any hunts to go on and we'll be like all right ready to hunt again but oh i'm i'm already fired up just to go turkey hunting but uh so it's too early to go into that hang on hang on hang on while you're talking about that so i put up a thing last night and uh i said i said when is it when is it except i said when will y'all find it acceptable for us to start talking turkey on the podcast 90% voted right now is fine. 10% voted chill out, man. Too early. <laughs> so 90 said is our, which I, I'm I'm going to hold out on that a little bit. I mean, yeah. just not, it's just not, it's not time yet. Well, it's not time. Two weeks from now, we can start because we're finna start scouting and figuring this place out for turkeys. Yeah. Just going back to it this yeah whole I mean, circle tra- and i know like some folks are because if that many people voted yes on it they're going to hear me say that they're like what the heck but it's just it's just it's coming it's coming yep. now you here's the thing i'm not saying i couldn't talk about turkeys right now i could talk about turkeys in july but just not yet well i wish we had some ducks to talk about but we don't yeah the ducks yeah. have been that's one thing, you know, we we transitioned. We left Cottonmouth, and now we're here at Cudsey Bluff, and that's one thing that I've definitely been missing is at Cottonmouth, obviously being on the river, um, we had duck hunting opportunities pretty much all throughout the season while it was open to some degree. Mm-hmm. Not always like burn your barrel opportunities, but we could go shoot if some. If you wanted to go duck hunting one morning, you could go. Yeah, whereas mm-hmm. like here – we don't have that opportunity at all. You may could go creek shoot some wood ducks. Yeah. And I was and which I'm not against doing, but it's not really working out the best when you're trying to film stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do I wish I do miss the duck hunting for sure. I'm sure Knox and Delta miss it. We did go on uh we went duck hunting at the zoo a few times. Yeah, it was fun. Fun little getaway. So we had I mean, it's like not the, like it's in the Mississippi Delta, but it holds a few ducks. No, and we, we went one morning on that snow, and that was kind of fun. And we had opportunity that morning. We had, well, man, we could have killed, I don't know, 10 or 12 if we'd have hit 90% what we shot at. Well, we ended up killing like six. Was that it? I thought it was like seven. Six or seven. Yeah, which isn't bad. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure this one might be just as bad or worse. I had some folks last week's podcast. They were like, man, are y'all all all right? We sound like we can just hear the tiredness in your voice. (laughs) Depression. That's what they said. I was like, well, I mean, you know. When we started doing this podcast, we said it was going to be honest. That's what it was for. And so, I mean, if I tried to get on here and be like, hey, high energy, you know, it it just ain't got it right now. Not uh, Not the energy anyway. Everyone's tired, man. Yep. You're just tired. Um, <clears throat> trying to think what the rest of this is. I mean, we're going to keep deer hunting. 
I mean, we we got to. Don't really have a choice. Yeah, hoping to get lucky. Um, I got to go a little bit this weekend, just fawn hunting. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Went with my dad and had a good time. Y'all saw some deer, didn't you? Man, I saw an unbelievable weekend just for numbers. Uh, I think I, I saw 36 Friday afternoon. Really? And like 12 different bucks. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that is pretty and, wild. Uh, I saw 60 deer total over the weekend. It was awesome. So transition that back up to here. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't seen 60 deer here. No, just, no, no, no. I'm asking. I wasn't making a joke. I'm asking like a legit question. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, like, what do you think? Like, why are we not seeing the kind of deer or the, at least the number of deer that we think we should be seeing? Man, I, uh, the more we've hunted this place and got a feel for it and, you know, the the neighbors and we you know we have to all that you have to figure all that out as you go and uh, i think with our particular property we don't have the cover we need yeah. to hold deer this time of year we've got the food but they're using them at night because the cover's so far away and i think that's our biggest deal right now is any late season hunts no matter whether you're in mississippi Iowa, wherever, the closer you have food and bedding together, the more daylight activity you see. where you're going to find success. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just any like anything, even early season. If you can find that mix of, you know, good food and good cover close to each other and low pressure, you're going to see, you know, have successful hunts that yeah. way. And I think that's what we're uh, struggling with now is, you know, here on Kudzu West where our main camp house is, it's mostly big hardwood timber, and we don't have anything for the deer to stay in this time of year. Really? Early season, there's cover everywhere because all the bushes and stuff have foliage yeah. on them, and they can hide. Well, right now, you can see three, 400 yards through these woods, so there's nothing there. There's that not much bedding. Yeah. A deer can feel safe in. And on Kudzu East, <clears throat> it's complete opposite. We've got the cover there, but we don't have the acreage of food to support the numbers of deer. Yeah, and the the food plots are. I mean, it's a little bit there, but it's not much at all. I mm -hmm. mean, and uh, you know, it's just those two mixes have to come together and coincide this time of year. You've got to have food, you got to have cover, and pressure low. Yeah, to really have the mature bucks you can see on the, in the daylight. Yeah, I just wonder like how. Try and think, because you know, when we were at Cottonmouth we really had the opportunity it's a rare one for anybody but i mean the rare opportunity to put like a really strong regulator on how much pressure we put on those deer yeah and we don't really have that same opportunity here no because it's a lot smaller tracts of land we're yeah hunting. so it's like it's, it's <clears throat> all been the, just a steep steep learning process yeah that's so uh... We, I've already been making a mental list in my mind what things we can do different this next summer to make yeah. it better, you know, and that's that's the key to having any property that it's not going to do it overnight. No. Like, <clears throat> I get all the time people asking me, what can I do to, what? Why, I'm not seeing deer in my food plots. They're eight to the ground, but I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. There's deer there, obviously. They wouldn't be eating the food plot. Yeah. And, I mean, that all goes to pressure and cover. Yeah. I mean, when you start putting pressure on deer, they're going to the thickest, nastiest place they can find. I had a – how many times – you probably had this question a lot, too. 
you'll get a uh, trucking picture of a nighttime deer, mm-hmm. and it'll say, "I've got this buck, but he's nocturnal. How do I make him not nocturnal?" Yeah, I have no idea. That's tough. <laughs> but Norm, I, so <clears throat> I, a guy sent me that not long ago, and I said, "Well, like you know, like what's your situ- You know, kind of give me some more info other than just a picture of the deer at night." And he's like, "Well, I've got this food plot, and then the other one, a couple hundred yards away, I've got pictures of them in both, but it's always at nighttime." I was like, "That's okay. You got." You know, are you hunting those two food plots? Are you hunting a tree stand? So you've got shooting houses on both. And I said, are you hunting anywhere else when you go, you know, when, you, when you're hunting this, this place? And he said, no, nah, I pretty much hunt that food plot of the other one. And not really paying attention to the wind, any of that kind of stuff. He's just, there's either food plot one or food plot two. One of those shooting houses is getting hunted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, kind of just relating it to pressure. I'm like, man, if you're hitting that, is you know as much as you can and you're hunting one of those two spots over and over and over again that buck knows yeah that deer and and this is pretty recent so it's same kind of deal it was like a late season post-rut buck they ain't gonna tolerate no pressure man so quick story on this and it's kind of throwing my dad under the bus we do that a lot yeah so he just got into a camp or a little lease it's like him and two or three other guys Mm mm-hmm and he just got in there the first part of January. The first two or three times he hunted it, he mm-hmm. called me all fired up. He's seeing 20 and 30 deer in these patches. And I kid you not, not a week later, after him hunting every day and exploring the place on his four-wheeler and doing this and that and the other, he's like, man, all my deer gone. <laughs> I only saw two today. I only saw two. I only saw three. Well, why do you think that happened? You yeah. know, it's from putting yeah. pressure on it. And they're not dummies. They they survive, and, you know, there's something's hunting them all the time. And I really, like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't even say that as, like, throwing your dad under the bus because there's a lot of people do that. Yeah. And truly, I I mean, I did stuff like that before. I, I It took Cottonmouth and how. You have to see it in action. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It took us being at Cottonmouth and just seeing elimin- pretty much eliminating morning hunting except for the rut. Watching what that did to the deer movement, that made me have a much better grasp of how much human pressure. And that's the other thing, too. People think hunting pressure. Like, no, if you're in the woods, that's pressure. Yeah. Actually, hunting a deer, as long as you're doing it under the right wind conditions, is not that high pressure. It's the going and doing and checking and running, mm-hmm. scouting, all that. Like what you're saying your dad was doing. Yeah. So that's, That puts way more pressure on a place than it actually hunting it does, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And it's, like I said, and I bring this up because it is, there are, I mean, just going off of what I see in the primos, uh, direct messages and my direct messages there's some folks that are they may still be chasing their first deer for this season you know they hadn't got to hunt that much and so they're not even thinking about turkeys yet like you or me or some of these folks may be doing they're still thinking full-blown deer because season's Mm -hmm. still in um and like i really do think these late season deer like this i think that's when you have the least amount of pressure tolerance oh yeah you put a little go juice on them they're they're gonna be yeah. nocturnal like you're flipping a switch yeah and uh you know one thing that you can implement you know for the future to make that better is you know pay attention to when you go in a place mm-hmm. for one 
and the cell cameras now if you if you're running cameras it is worth the money investing in that just to stay out of the woods because it'll make your place better yeah you know and then, i mean if you run feeders do a, what a, all any of that you know get these timer feeders spin cast whatever yeah. that you can set them and you walk away from them for three weeks because that's the case too i know especially folks that hunt over feed and i know that can kind of be a controversial topic whatever if you're hunting in a state where feeding's legal i don't care you know like that's you're hunting legally it's fine so in that respect i know some folks that you know they kind of do they'll make a mistake when it comes to feeding you know they think they're feeding so they're not hurting anything but they're riding around on you know like gas engine side by sides running all over the woods dumping out you know putting out feeders or filling feeders or in some in some states like arkansas louisiana they ain't even had because mississippi in mississippi the baiting laws is it has to be in a spin cast feeder in a covered trough yeah but like if they're in a place like louisiana arkansas where it can just be poured on the ground you know they're riding all over the woods dumping it wherever walking into spots you could be causing harm doing that too ain't no doubt deer Mm -hmm. still eat it but they're gonna eat it at night when you can't hunt Mm -hmm. so i told me and troy were talking about yesterday when we were hunting not seeing anything i was like i've got this figured out we're gonna have to uh, reverse our sleeping schedules and we're gonna start sitting in our stands at night And eventually, what, Make will, them daylight what will happen is they will. We're not gonna hunt. It, we're not gonna hunt at night. We're not doing that. Uh, if we see a hog, we might. But if we we sit in the stands at nighttime, they will realize that the boogeyman is out at night, and they'll start moving in the day. <laughs> that plan is seamless, and it will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, kudzu is just a work in progress. You, uh, everybody that's following along is going. You know. Hopefully three years from now, look at it and be like, gum, them guys are killing deer. You know, that's our goal. Yeah. But uh, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And we're started from, I mean, we started from scratch, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and it's like uh, I've had buddies that do, you know, kind of the recreational land management deal. And they'll, or they, you know, they get into a camp with guys for the first time. And one of the things they always say is one of their biggest struggles is getting, getting folks that haven't had anything to do with that before to realize that this ain't like a all right we can fix all this in one season kind of thing like it mm-hmm. takes a year two years three years yeah. you know like the the zoo you know everybody's heard us talk about the zoo it's yeah. a prime example of what you know just two or three years can do if you put in the right steps yep and uh like last year me and you hunted out there this time of year we hunted late january and didn't hardly see a deer for like three days out there no yeah we saw a few but it wasn't very many yeah it wasn't i mean we saw like i think we hunted around new year's and saw a good many good but many, then we yeah. went back later in the season after we got flooded out for like a weekend that's right yeah and didn't we see didn't much we didn't hardly see anything well the place has got good cover on it we've implemented the cover out there but we didn't have any sustainable food sources for late season yeah and man we went in there and did some big plots this year and it is absolutely nuts what it's doing right now yeah. and that's this one small change from one season to another that made all the difference in the world because our, our buddy logan cook shot one there this morning yeah he killed a really good buck yeah. and i shot a really nice one yesterday and it's crazy the difference and that's what gets me so fired up because i'm you know i'm i love the whole management side of stuff and yeah just doing that couple small processes made all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're seeing, if you're having problems from year to year, let's step back and evaluate it and see what you can do see different. What's, yeah, you know? so like try things. 
It is crazy. I mean, it is wild to think about. I mean, because it's like, if you've never done that before, you know, you may just think, well, that's just how that place is. You know, the Bucks don't really do that. You know, they really just kind of move more at night. Yeah, man, it can be changed. And it can be changed in a hurry, you know. We saw that with Cottonmouth. One season, they'll go in, like, no hunting in the morning, early season, made our season oh, ten yeah. times better. That's I mean, because you, you're right. There are some things you can do that you will see changes immediately because that happened. I, I remember it was the year that um, – I killed in 2017. Troy and I killed those bucks on the same afternoon, mm-hmm. and Troy shot that buck at like 3:30 in the afternoon. Yeah, we implemented that was the first year we really went hardcore doing the takeout seed. Yeah, and uh, we implemented low pressure. You know, early season, of course, during the rut and stuff, we hunted mornings. Right, but a uh, majority of it was running trail cameras, smart. You know, going in the middle of the day with the right wind on a patch and pulling them cards and mm-hmm. having the food there we knew we had cover we knew we had the deer and it all worked out you know yeah. and then you i mean when you have a five-year-old deer walking out to a food plot comfortably at three o'clock in the afternoon and it wasn't just one i no. mean we we started you know having that multiple. started to happen consistently yeah yeah so and like i said i realized saying to completely eliminate your pressure is not a viable option for a lot of people but there are things you can do yeah if the wind's bad at your best spot just don't even i mean i would take a mediocre spot with a good wind over a, ba- a great spot with a bad wind yeah because you're doing nothing but harming it for that day you do have that good wind for that spot yeah and i don't know how many times we've said that on this podcast but that's key. It like, can't be said enough. I was explaining it to my dad the other day. He's he's starting to understand the wind. Yeah. Starting to understand how to hunt the wind. And uh, I was telling him, you know, you hunt it once or twice on a bad wind. Those deer are done for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That mature buck is anyway. He'll he's, go, yeah. He's going to, like, he don't, most of the deer, I'm talking about Mississippi, these deer don't go a season without smelling a human. They know that's the boogeyman when they smell him. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. and them old bucks, he's four, you think he's five, six-year-old buck, four-year-old. He's been smelling that for four years. He knows what that means. It means somebody's after him. The, it's a, I mean, it It really is, uh, and again, it's just one of those things, because like, I didn't hunt the wind when I was younger. That ain't how I was raised no, I hunting. I didn't either. I was raised, you're like, you go shoot, shoot, you go, what 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 shooting house you want to hunt in? That one? All right, go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everybody had their own little favorite shooting houses or whatever, yeah. and you just went there. Didn't and I matter. think the times that I messed around and killed a deer were the times that it happened to be the right wind, but I had no clue it was. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, like what is it we said a few years ago, eventually you dumb yourself into one, you I, know? I remember when I was younger, like on these really cold days when fronts are coming through and the wind's blowing like 15, 20 mile an hour, I would go to the spot where the wind's like behind the tree hitting me. So it, <laughs> so it wouldn't would hit you in me, the face? You know, <laughs> so it wouldn't be hitting me in the face. Why would you be silly and let the wind hit you in the face? It's then cold. you'll just be uncomfortable <laughs> trying to hunt in comfort, baby. But yeah, you go to the shooting house that the wind's hitting you in the back of it where ain't no windows, you know? And I, rem- I remember... I was hunting. I I'd just gotten old enough to hunt by myself, and uh, there was I was hunting in a ladder stand, looking over these young pines. I'm talking like young, young. I mean, just 
the, you could just see the pines coming up, but mm -hmm. it hadn't gotten thick. It hadn't gotten thick yet, you know. And uh, I'm seeing these deer walk, seeing this doe walk through, and I remember she was probably about 70, 80 yards away, and I was going to shoot her. And she, at the time, I didn't know this. She walked right into my wind stream. And she was walking, and she hit that thing. She turned inside out. And I was like, what in the world? And I was like, I couldn't figure out what happened. And it wasn't until a few years later I started learning about the wind, and it's like for some reason I thought about that hunt, and I was like, that's why that deer did that. Mm -hmm. She smelled me, and she smelled uh, everything I had, you know, like my snacks in my backpack, all that stuff. Well, Jimmy and I were hunting yesterday on a cutover on uh, Kudzu East. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we're looking at these does out in the cutover and they were working their way up to us and the wind was not what they said it was going to be yeah but you're hunting a cutover we don't know exactly where you just kind of kind of pick and choose you yeah. know where the wind's going to blow and uh, i was watching her it was pretty neat to see and she hit our wind stream all of them did it's like four or five of them yeah and uh like you could, they were in that cutover, so they felt comfortable. But you could tell they were smelling us. Yeah. They never blew, never stomped. Just turned around and walked back where they came from. Hmm. So you just think about how many times that. How happens. often does that happen? You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was fully expecting her to just go nuts. Just you know? turn inside out. Yeah. So. I wonder if they're more opt to do that. Like if, like if they were in a open hardwoods or a food plot or something you know Whether, I don't know. watching her yesterday i made sense because she was like all you could see was her head like yeah. she's very comfortable in there that's what i'm saying it. like i wonder if because she was in dense cover if she just was more like okay let's just ease back and they way. i mean they eased back where they came from and hung out for another 10 minutes 15 minutes hmm. they didn't they didn't blow out of the country i know for a fact like she got two nostrils full yeah well i mean think about this too you're hunting ground like you said it's not quite as big i imagine a lot of them deer like smelling a human or smelling something they don't want to smell that's a daily occurrence oh yeah so they just learn to deal with it yeah 100 percent, i think and they just learn how to avoid it yeah it uh i don't know i'm surprised jimmy didn't want to shoot one of them were we uh -huh. waiting on buck deer he hadn't seen them at that point ah i was just watching them. <laughs> you put something on your instagram the other day that jimmy spooked a deer out of a blind from 100 yards away yes he did so how did he do that oh uh, hmm. this is a real question i'm it's not a rhetorical one i really want to know how how he managed to so do that. this doe and yearling came out they were coming down the hill at 3:45 in the afternoon yeah i'm like man i'm seeing deer at 3:45. this rarely occurs over here and uh, they get out there in the food plot and jimmy finally sees them He's like, deer. He's like, yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, he blows his nose. Of course he does. For one, when the deer are out in the food plot. <laughs> Do you have it? He pull out his little green bandana. His green bandana. <laughs> and the doe looks up, you know, starts staring at the blind. Yeah. And jimmy he loves to sit right next to the window yeah like up in the window yeah like, like his nose is he, sticking out of the he, window for, a little bit for whatever I, I he likes to stick his gun out the window when he shoots i mean whatever but uh and the doe's looking at us you know like just knows something's there because she just heard a elephant up in there yeah. yeah and jimmy 
Blake knows what I'm talking about, but we may have to put a video clip or something. Jimmy's always moving his head. Yeah, he bobs his head. He's just always just moving. I'm like, Jimmy, be still. She's looking at it. She can't see us up in here. <laughs> like she can see in the window. You got to be still for a second. Huh? All right, there she goes. Yeah. So that's how it happened. So he got picked off moving his head around and talking. Well, it started by blowing his nose. Right. And I don't. I think he just forgot, like, I'm finna make noise. Yeah. And blew his nose and realized the deer can hear. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, she's on full awareness that something's over there, like, staring, like, yep. at the blind. And then when you move your head, she sees movement. She's out. She gone. Man, you could you could be in a fully encased like box, whatever, with a little slit, you know, two inches wide, looking out of it. Yeah. And if you're moving while they're looking in the window, they're gonna see you. <laughs> Here's my favorite thing, or one of my favorite things about stories like these, is somebody that knows Jimmy is gonna hear it. They're gonna. It's gonna be a delayed reaction though. So like now, like someday next week, he's gonna come up the stairs. Hey. Did y'all tell a story about me spooking that doe on that <laughs> podcast? Yeah, sure did. And the funniest part <laughs> is when she took out, like, this tearing down the woods, getting out of there, is he looked at me and told me the wind swirled. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, uh, we need to play, we need to, there's so many clips like this we need to put out there. This was the first year that I had a rifle elk tag. But Jimmy was hunting first. Yeah. And uh, this big bull, like, that we were, we didn't know if he was coming or not. I, I, but I, I remember you were filming Jimmy, and I was backed up calling. Oh, he was coming. And, well, yeah, we know Jimmy was turned around talking to you. Like, he's, like, Jimmy, I mean, like, he's standing straight up, turned around, direct, not not kind of facing your way, like, dead, dead facing your way. Yeah. Talking. And, and like, I'm like. Jimmy, the elk's coming. Yeah. Because I could see him because I'm, you know, six, eight inches taller. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't see you. Yeah. And he's waving his arms around and then, you know, talking. And then the the bull pops up, sees him and runs off. And Jimmy goes, wind must have swirled. And then he hits his wind puffer and the wind pu and the wind dust literally hits him in the chest <laughs> because of the wind's in our face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's a little, little, that's how, to answer, long form answer to that question to how you keep from getting completely burnt out. You find ways to stay amused. That's mm -hmm. what you do. So either. So the last three or four times I've hunted with him, it's like, are you going to spook him all day or are we going to actually try to kill one? I'm sure you get a look. I get a little bit more in a look. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I ain't spook no jerk. That's what Jordan is absolutely right. This time of year, we probably we roast each other a little bit harder than normal. He, he tried to tell me yesterday he'd never spooked a deer in his life. What? That's what he told me. He said, I've never spooked a deer in my life. Does he live a second life somewhere <laughs> that I don't know about? That's what he said. I was like, you want some video? You for, do you forget we video these hunts? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. Th I mean, I couldn't say that either. If I'm not, if I tried to stand flat-footed and say I never spooked a deer before, I'd be. Well, I spook them all the time. I'd be bad lying, but so yeah. 
that's how we survive this time of year. If we sounded uh, tired in this podcast, it's because we are. But you know what? It's all right. We still got the rest of this week and uh, next week at deer season at Kudzu Bluff. Then deer season will end, and then there's there's really not low, there's no in between. When deer season ends, we'll start thinking about turkeys and figuring out what we're going to do with that. Yep. Um, Hope we get some weather to burn some woods. Yeah. And if you're wanting turkey podcast, hang in there because they're coming. Just not quite yet. Not quite yet. I got me a heck of a schedule already planned out. Good. I don't. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Catch you all back next week.